0: Hello and welcome to another week of the Road World Baseball podcast as we continue our position breakdown series in preparation for the 2019 baseball season. My name is DJ Short and with me here is Drew Silva. We have a ton to talk about, including some stuff that went down Thursday afternoon, I think you might know what I'm talking about, Drew.
1: Yeah. I, I was wondering if maybe, maybe we should just gloss over <laughs> what happened about an hour ago, just because yeah. this is the the pitchers podcast and yeah. we have a whole lot of names, but yeah, Bryce Harper agreed to a 13 year, $330 million contract with the Phillies, a, a record for North American sports in terms of, you know, dollars committed to one player. There are no opt-outs in the deal, which I think is surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, Full no trade clause. Turns so. out he loves Philadelphia after all. <laughs> yeah, I know it, it, it was. I guess maybe Scott Boris played us all. Yeah, uh, just trying to eke out some some last final pennies out of the Phillies owners' pocket. And he got a
0: lot of Philadelphia sports talk show hosts very mad. That's what I've seen in my timeline this week. But yeah. uh, it, it
1: was nice of him to to give them some content. Yeah, so. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I guess just a quick synopsis of how this changes his fantasy value. I mean Citizens Bank Park is a great place for power and I I really like I mean the other options were it looked like the Giants might suddenly be emerging as maybe the the favorite.
0: Which would've been bad.
1: Yeah. I mean it would have been nice for Giants fans, but it would have been bad for his fantasy value. Yeah.
0: And his long term numbers if he was signing like a 13 year deal. So
1: Yeah, totally. Um but I mean I I I don't know how you can't love him in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. He's going like nineteenth, twentieth overall right now. Yeah, uh, on Yahoo and NFBC. I think this bumps him up to like, I don't know, maybe like the the first pick of the second round in like a twelve team draft, or you know, so like thirteenth overall for me. Um, I, I think he's going to put up huge power numbers in Philadelphia, We're surrounded by you know Gene Segura, Andrew McCutcheon, Reese Hoskins,
0: really good lineup, Aciro
1: Muto, yeah
0: really good lineup. Um, And it's, you know, it's much more friendly to left-handed batters than where he was. Um, So this is the way that I'm thinking about it. If you had any doubts about him after last season where it was sort of like, you know, rough in the first half and then awesome in the second half, if you had any concerns, I think this should allay those fears. I, I think as far as where I had him among my outfielders, I had... Uh, Trout, Betts, J.D. Martinez, Acuna, Yelich, Judge, Harper, 7th, then Stanton, Blackman, Benintendi. I don't know if I would change that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. That order yeah. still sounds right to me, but I think you bump Harper up at least a couple of spots in your draft.
1: In, in in the overall draft board, yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly. But, I mean, that's it's hard to break through with that group of outfielders. Would you really put Harper ahead of Judge? I don't know. Maybe
1: no, probably not.
0: I think maybe you could build in some regression for Yelich because you know I don't know if he can maintain that um, home run frequency with how many ground balls he hits. So maybe you think there's some regression there. Maybe you can stick Harper up a spot. You know, you you can talk yourself into it. But either way, uh, Harper's in in a great situation. So uh, you should feel pretty good about him going into drafts this year. And there'll probably be some hype behind all that. So maybe he'll be a little bit trendier than he would have been otherwise.
1: Yeah, we did a mock draft for the 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 Roto World draft guide, the online guide last night actually on so this is February 27th, we did it and I'm trying to pull up where he went in that. I think he went pretty late, Harper. Um he went 26th overall, so oh, like the top of the third wow. round. Wow. But but I mean last last night it looks like the Giants were becoming the favorite, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, that's probably the right spot for him. Yeah, uh, knowing, with with the unknown,
0: right? Yeah, I mean, if he had signed with the Giants, he certainly would have fell into the twenties for me, and he probably would have fell behind, you know, Stanton Blackman for me at the very least among outfielder rankings. So, um, you know, a little bit of a swing here for Harper's value. So, um, hey, that's a that's a positive for fantasy owners. Um, so, no more small talk. We're gonna get into the rankings here in a second. We've already covered first base, second base, third base, shortstop, outfield. So, go back in our archives if you missed those episodes. We and, did, catcher.
1: And, and Catcher. And Catcher,
0: yeah. Let me yeah. leave Catcher out. So, yes. Um, catcher doesn't count. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we did two I'm positions per episode. Uh, so, this week we're going to break down pitchers, like Drew said, starting pitchers and relievers. Obviously, a ton to cover. Um, but first, just a reminder the Ritter World Baseball magazine's out there. Look for it. Ronald Acuna Jr. on the cover. It's a sw- really sweet picture. So, uh pick it up if you have a chance. We also have the online version of the draft guide that's available. Ton of content in there. Head to the redesign to, to see it for yourself. Okay, Drew, let's get started with these starting pictures. You're already
1: losing your voice, man. We have like you
0: know, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we have we have a lot to get into. So right. um depending on how long this goes, we're we're gonna know how much time we're gonna have to cover relievers, but
1: um why don't you read your Top 20 starters, and we'll just sort All of right. riff off of that. Number one, Max Scherzer. Two, Chris Sale. Three, Jacob deGrom. Four, I have Garrett Cole. Five, Corey Kluber. Six, Justin Verlander. Seven, Aaron Nola. Eight, Blake Snell. Nine, Luis Severino. Ten, Trevor Bauer. Eleven, Noah Syndergaard. Twelve, Walker Bueller. Thirteen, Carlos Carrasco. Fourteen, Patrick Corbin. 15, Steven Strasburg. 16, Jack Flaherty. 7, James Paxton. 18, Zach Greinke. 19, Mike Clevenger. 20, Madison Bumgarner.
0: We have a lot of the same names. um, Not all the same, but um, let's start at the top, um, where obviously Max Scherzer is the guy here. Um, And I'm through doubting him at this point. I think last year I was trying to talk myself into other options i believe i had chris sale first um but hey going into his age 34 season has a ton of mileage on his arm this can't last forever but the dude has a 2.81 era of the last six seasons has thrown more than 200 innings in all of them he's a strikeout machine had a career high 300 last year first nl pitcher since clayton kershaw in 2015 to get to 300 if healthy you can just bank on continued excellence and I think something we should say from the beginning is you know, starting pitchers in general, teams are have a quick hook a lot earlier than they used to. There's the opener uh, thing going on right now with teams who are you know, just trying to get by with the personnel that they have. So I think locking in these elite guys, the truly elite arms early in a fantasy draft, I think matters more than ever before.
1: Yeah, you want to get at least one I think and and maybe get like one from the first tier and and one from the second tier. We're on the same page with Scherzer. I mean, the age is a concern or you know, it would be for most pitchers, but there's no sign of decline. His average fastball velocity was actually at a career high last year. 300 strikeouts like you said to only 150 hits allowed. That that speaks to his dominance and good situation in Nationals Park. He's in the National League, so he doesn't have to face the DH. Uh, Washington should be a very good team this year, even though Harper's not back. Scherzer's going to you know, be the most reliable ace in baseball this year as long as there's no freak injury.
0: Do you think there's a case for... Because I almost look at Scherzer just because of the consistency. It's almost like he's like the Mike Trout of pitchers. Um, yeah. So is there a case to take him third overall after uh, Trout and Betts this year? I've seen I think it done. I think uh, there's definitely various ways you could go with that number three overall pick and I, I think Scherzer there's a strong case just because of the consistency that he's had to to put him there.
1: I feel like if he was thirty years old, I would be more comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. Um but then again, I mean, there's no sign that he's declining at all. He's yeah. only, he's getting better. I don't. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't um, do I would it go.
0: either. But I think there's a. If someone did it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like yeah. bat an eye or anything.
1: I so. agree. I think Jose Ramirez is my my pick at three, third overall. But I, I'm leaning that
0: way right now too. But um, I could I could definitely see it's def, You can it's defensible. In other words, all right. Yeah.
1: Let's uh, get to. I think two was actually sort of a toss-up between Chris Sale and Jacob DeGrom.
0: I have DeGrom, too.
1: Okay, yeah. I I mean, I'll just to make the case for Sale, had the shoulder issue last year, limited him to 158 innings, but you know, in those 158 innings, crazy. 2.11 ERA, 0.86 whip, 237 strikeouts. That's a 13.5 strikeouts per nine innings, which would have been tops among all major league starters. If he had the workload to qualify, I think the shoulder thing is something to watch this spring. He wasn't exactly dominant last year in the postseason, except that one inning uh, in relief in game five of the world series struck out all three batters he faced, but you know, didn't need surgery this offseason. All reports are good right now in Red Sox camp. If, if he throws 200 innings this year, you know, he'll get his first AL Cy Young award. He's finished top six for that in, in seven consecutive seasons. Um, so I just think the upside is is a little higher in terms of strikeouts than it yeah. is it is Degrom.
0: The, the upside is higher, but the shoulder is just enough to put him down in that number three spot for me. Degrom, I think he's earned this spot on the strength of the great season he had last year. One seven zero ERA, set records for consecutive quality starts and consecutive outings of three earned runs or fewer. Uh, career bests in strikeout percentage, walk percentage, velocity was up, swinging strike percentage as well. Um, very un- unlikely he'll be that unlucky in terms of run support again. Barely eked out a winning record. Uh, barely finished with 10 wins. Uh, so I think, it's a, it, I think you can expect better run support this year. Um, and he'll be well into the double digits as far as wins. Um, turns 31 in June, thinking of his contract extension. So he has that motivation as well. Um, so, you know, two or three, however you want to do it. I mean, that's a, that's an awesome top three.
1: Uh, Garrett Cole number four. It would be a little. This is a little different than like what you're seeing with uh, average draft position data. Um, I believe Verlander and then Kluber and, and Snell are all going before Cole. I
0: have Verlander four and Cole five. So
1: yeah, I mean Cole. I think the age helps. You know, mm-hmm. um, he's age 28. That's that's pretty young. Uh, took a big step forward that that everybody thought he might take uh, in his first year with the Astros, really embraced their pitching philosophy, got away from the fastball-heavy approach he had with the Pirates, threw more sliders and curves, You know, really embracing the whole spin rate revolution. Uh, and, w- and when he did throw fastballs, he worked effectively in the, in the upper third of the zone.
0: Yeah, that seems uh, 2.
1: to be a thing right now. Yeah, definitely working up in the zone with a fastball and then You know, working down in the zone with sliders and curves. We'll see if the the batters around the league adjust to that. Um, But yeah, Cole had a 2.88 ERA. I think that can come down. Um, 12.4 strikeouts per nine innings, which led all qualified major league starters. That was 276 strikeouts in 203rd innings. 15 wins, carries 20 win upside this year on the Astros, considered one of the preseason World Series favorites. Um, I, the age helps with him, I, I think, to put him above Verlander for me.
0: Yeah, again with the strikeout upside, I don't think you can let him fall too far. Uh, Verlander, like Scherzer, you know, has a ton of mileage on his arm, um, but he had vintage, basically vintage stuff last year at age thirty-five. Held his velocity spike from twenty seventeen, uh, carried over that success he had late in the year with the Astros. Had a two five two ERA over thirty four starts last season. Uh, 34.8 strikeout percentage, the highest among qualified starters, led the, led the AL in strikeouts. The walk rate was the best of his career. I mean, you have to give him his just due. Um, I think you could go either way with Cole or Verlander. Teammates there at the Astros, great situation. Um, but yeah, I think they're a pretty solid top five. Um, I have Kluber sixth. Um, I think going into the offseason, I was probably putting Kluber higher. Um, but I'm not as confident about him this year as, the, as you know, last year or the year before. Um, strikeout percentage fell down to 2016 levels. Still good, but not elite. Uh, also missed some time with a knee injury. Um, the good news is the control is amazing. Um, you can bank on the innings if he's healthy, um, but I wonder how he's going to age because he doesn't have an elite fastball. Um, so that's why I dock him a little bit, um, as he continues to get closer to the mid thirties, but, um, I wouldn't be surprised or disappointed if he found his way onto one of my teams this year. So still really solid choice, but just not touching maybe the elite, truly top of the elite numbers he's had in the past.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. The decline in, I think it was a career low average fastball velocity Mm -hmm. last year and a drop in swinging strike rates on his breaking stuff too. But I still feel like he's a pretty good bet to return ace-like fantasy numbers if he stays healthy. I mean, yeah, 222 strikeouts to just 34 walks and in 215 innings. Got to 20 wins. Should have a chance to get there again on an Indians team that looks like a heavy favorite uh, to win the AL Central yet again. Um, I had Aaron Nola, number seven. Where did you have him? Same. Yeah, I mean, coming off a breakout year in 2018, finished third in the NL Cy Young voting with a 2.37 ERA, 224 strikeouts, and 212 innings, won 17 games, could be a a 20-game winner this year as the ace of the Phillies, who just added Harper and and all those other guys, Um, has a four-pitch arsenal and commands all the pitches really well, induces a lot of soft contact, and, and the swinging strike rate suggests he could get more strikeouts, I think, going forward. Um, maybe we see some regression in the ERA department. I don't know if he's going to repeat a 2.37. I mean, he did have some luck last year. If you look at batting average on balls and play, but yeah, I think there are more strikeouts with Nola, um, especially if able, if he's able to get to 210 innings again, I think we could be talking about a 240, 250 strikeout guy.
0: Nola has always been good at getting called strikes, but last year he saw a nice jump in his swinging strike percentage as well. Um, he did have some good luck with the batting average on balls in play, which was weird because the Phillies defense was the worst in the majors last year. Um, Even with Harper who, you know, we heard some things over the past couple of months that part of the reason he might've been dangling out there is because his, his defense in the outfield has declined. Um, But you got to think the Phillies defense will be better this year than it was last year. So uh, maybe that'll balance itself out. We'll see. But um, everything trending in a great direction for Nola ground ball rate was around 50% again. So did a good job keeping the ball on the ground and in the ballpark in the national league, the easier league, no DH just yet. Um, like you said, improved lineup around him. Um, so I think he, everything's looking good for him. I should think he should be locked in as a top 10 starter, even if he's not, you know, going to post the ridiculous strikeout numbers of a Scherzer or Verlander or Cole.
1: Yeah. I- Um, I, Blake Snell eighth. I guess that could be seen as kind of like a diss, given that he just won the AL Cy Young award and had a 1.89 ERA and 221 strikeouts and 180 innings, also a 21 and five win loss record. Um, but I think the whole world is expecting some regression from him this season. He had an 88% left on base rate last year. That's just not going to happen again. Sure. Um, you also have to worry about the control, I think still. Uh, nearly four walks per nine innings at the major league level in his career. Though he did take a step forward in that department last season, and it helps to ex- explain a lot of the success he, he had. Um, shifted from more of a fastball changeup approach to the fastball slider curve um, that's that's been, become more in vogue, I'd say than rather than the fastball changeup approach. And, and both his slider and curve rated as elite pitches. Um, did have a shoulder scare in the second half last season, and and I don't think. The Rays will will let him to get to 200 innings necessarily, even if he's healthy. Um, they might go with some shorter starts or you know whatever they want to do have an opener for him. Um, but he still should be great. Uh, he just turned 26. The arrow is definitely pointing up. There's just you know seven other pitchers I like a little better.
0: I had Snell eighth too. Um, we're gonna start to pick up the pace as we get out of this top 10 here. But ninth, Ed, Carlos Carrasco. I think you had him 13th. I did. Okay. Carrasco, I think he's just really steady. Uh three 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 ERA over the past three seasons. Um, he's at 3-4-0 if you include 2015. So maybe he doesn't have that top-of-the-line ERA like some of the other guys here. Um, but in that four-year span, he struck out 10.3 batters per nine innings, uh, nearly matched the best strikeout percentage of his career last season. The control's good. Um, I guess the only concern is maybe the elbow issue he had last year, but... Um so maybe that's in the back of your mind but at this point he's pretty bankable if healthy so I think he deserves to be in this top 10.
1: Yeah I think he's you know maybe the most underrated starter in baseball probably even underrates himself he signed that 4 year 47 million dollar contract mm. extension in December. Um but yeah I mean I really don't have anything bad to say about him I, I think you can lock him in for an ERA in like the low 3s and over 200 strikeouts. De- definitely a top fifteen starter and good good chance for wins on a good Indians team. Um, maybe just maybe not like a sub three ERA like I think you might get with uh, Luis Severino or Trevor Bauer yeah. or Noah Syndergaard if he can stay healthy. All guys I, I rated above him. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about Severino, you know, had a big breakout in two thousand seventeen and that that carried over into the first half of two thousand eighteen. Uh, We do have to acknowledge that he was bad in the second half last year, a a 5-6-7 ERA, 1.47 whip over his final 14 starts, gave up a lot of home runs. Um, I don't know what to identify as the number one thing that went wrong for him. It's easy to say fatigue, but he did actually have some good outings uh, toward the end of September, maybe lost the feel for his slider a bit. Uh, There's some ERA volatility with Severino, but the strikeouts uh, should be there. He just turned 25 years old, can be a 20-win guy as the ace of the Yankees.
0: Yeah, what's funny is he still maintained a similar strikeout percentage and walk percentage even during that poor second half. The velocity was fine, um, and when that slider's on, he's just dominant. But um, you didn't know what you were going to get in the second half last year, but um, you know the ability's there, um, and he's in a great situation there as far as the offense uh, giving him support. Um, and an excellent bullpen as well to lock down victories. So um, I have I have him tenth, and I feel pretty good about that. Um, I have James Paxton eleventh. Oh wow! Yeah, um, newest addition in the rotation for the Yankees um, had a three seven six ERA in twenty eight starts with the Mariners last year, career high strikeout percentage and swinging strike percentage. Only Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer, and Justin Verlander had a higher strikeout percentage. Uh, among at least among pitchers with one hundred and sixty innings pitched, obviously the rub with Paxton is that he continues to have injury issues, had a back injury and a forearm contusion last year, so he 's yet to throw two hundred innings in a season heck he 's never even thrown one hundred and seventy innings, but i 'm um, taking a bit of a, le- a leap here, but the skills are there. we know that that ace upsides yeah. there, and he 's in a great situation with the Yankees, similar to what I just said with Severino, so I think this is a big year for Paxton.
1: You saw a spike in, in home runs allowed last year with Paxson, um, which is a concern, you know, now that he's calling Yankee Stadium home instead of, I guess it's T-Mobile Park now in mm. Seattle, um, and just those durability issues. But they are a lot of freak injuries, and the strikeout rate is near elite. Uh, the peripheral numbers liked him a lot more than the ERA uh, showed last year, and and he's got all the stuff, man. Good good four-seamer, curveball cutter. I think the Yankees are going to be really happy with that trade and. Mm-hmm. You know, might not be the greatest source of ERA in fantasy, but the strikeouts—if he gets to 200 innings finally—could you know he he could touch the Sale territory, Scherzer territory, up near 300. Um, easily a top 20 guy for me. Um, I had him 17th. Maybe maybe I'll have him 15th if I reevaluate this list. But um, I had a uh, Trevor Bauer 10th. Mm-hmm. Um, where did you have him?
0: I have him th- uh, 14th. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, huge breakout last year despite suffering a, a stress fracture in his right leg in August, which cost him six weeks. Uh, could have maybe won the AL Cy Young Award without that happening. Um, two, 2.21 ERA, 221 strikeouts in 175 innings. Career low walk rate. Has a nasty five-pitch arsenal. Got, got away from using the sinker as much last year, and, and that – Achieved a lot of success with that strategy. Went, went three scoreless innings in his Cactus League debut this past Monday, if that matters. Um, has never pitched more than 190 innings in a season, but maybe he will finally get to that 200-inning mark this year. Good potential for wins on another strong Indians team. I just think the arrow is pointing up with him big time.
0: Yeah, he's always had the makings of a fantasy ace, and and with the way that he tinkers with his arsenal, you'd have you'd think like eventually he would find his way, and it certainly looks like he has, so... Um, I have him 14th, but I, I do like him a lot, at least from a fantasy perspective uh, this year. Uh, so I have Noah. You don't no, like
1: him as a person? Oh, I'm,
0: I'm going to avoid that. I'm going to avoid that topic.
1: <laughs> Let's talk about Noah Syndergaard. Yes, I have guy.
0: him 12th. Uh, where did you have him? I had him 11th. Okay. Uh, so Syndergaard, another pitcher, sort of like Paxton, you have to dream on him basically, has never thrown 200 innings in a season. His career high was 183 and two-thirds in 2016. Uh, He was at 154 and a third last year, missing time with a strained ligament in his index finger. He also dealt with hand, foot, and mouth disease. (laughs) Uh, But even in a year where Syndergaard didn't have his best stuff a lot of the time, uh, he still managed to put up a 303 ERA, 155 strikeouts, 39 walks. I mean, the peripherals are are still really good. Um, And there's always the upside for a lot more. So, uh, I'm banking on that upside this year. I think last year I had him inside my top 10. Um, not quite this year, but still like him a lot.
1: Yeah, we know, we know the potential there. Uh, if he can stay healthy and throw 180 to, to 200 innings, there's no reason he can't jump back into the top tier of fantasy starters, which is where he was uh, as, like what, a 23-year-old back in 2016. He's yeah. just 26 years old now. Um, I think it he's a really good gamble for for where you can get him in a draft this year.
0: So speaking of gambles, probably one of the most popular uh picks I've seen in drafts this year is Walker Buehler. Um where did you have him?
1: I had him 12th.
0: Okay, I had him 13th. Um just tons of upside short term and long term. Brilliant rookie season with the Dodgers, 2.62 ERA uh with 151 strikeouts, 37 walks and 137 in a third innings. He was a machine during the second half, two zero three ERA over his final thirteen regular season starts. He has everything you want in a potential fantasy ace: high octane velocity, misses bats, gets grounders, good ballpark for a pitcher. Really, what's not to like with Bueller? Um, if there's anyone who can make that leap to you know top five fantasy starter this year, I think it's Bueller.
1: Yeah, and pr- probably the new ace with the Dodgers. Yeah, um, looks that way. I, I left Kershaw. Off my top 20 entirely, just too much of an unknown right now with, with the shoulder soreness, holding him back in Dodgers camp. Um, I'm sure that's something we'll, we'll be discussing with regularity during all of our podcasts in March, just something to watch. Um, we do more headline oriented stuff uh, next month after we get all these positional previews out of the way. Did you rank Kershaw in your top I have tw-
0: I have Kershaw 20. Just I It's yeah. sort of just, I don't know. That's just me throwing up my hands. Um, but as of right now, I don't think I could let him fall that far because if you're thinking 20th overall starter, that might be as low as like 95 or 100 in a mixed league yeah. draft. So if you could get him there right now, maybe you would. But um, another pitcher with injury concerns, uh, Steven Strasburg, Adam 15th. I think it's just, it's pretty simple to sum up Steven Strasburg and we'll we'll just move on. Um, if healthy, he's great. We just don't know if we can count on that. I think you have to weigh in the expectations that he's going to miss some time. But, um, you know, when he was on the field last year, he was good. 156 strikeouts, just 38 walks and 130 innings last year. Uh, plenty of strikeout help, good control, uh, good situation there with the Nationals. But Again, it's just all about the health with him. I have him 15th, but um, he could be higher on you know what he's able to to give you. It's just that you can't count on the innings. I mean, he's only thrown uh, 200 innings once in his career, and he's been pitching for a long time now.
1: Yeah, I had Strasburg 15th as well. I had Patrick Corbin 14th, um, signed a big six-year $140 million contract with the Nationals back in early December. Uh, what a concept of free agent signing in December, <laughs> but, uh, you know, definitely had a career year at the right time, 3.15 ERA, 246 strikeouts and 200 innings last season with the Diamondbacks. One of the nastiest sliders in baseball. Um, I guess the worry is that his fastball isn't that great. He averaged 90.8 miles per hour with the pitch last year. That has to be the lowest velocity of anyone in my top 15.
0: Yeah. I guess when your slider is that good, it doesn't matter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could see some trouble coming uh, if opponents learn to lay off that. He he, yeah. he does throw it for strikes less than thirty percent of the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, you know, but but a good situation for him in Washington. Maybe he finds some velocity somehow. Good source of strikeouts. Great source of strikeouts. Um, I'm not sold that he's going to be a low three ERA guy moving forward, but uh, the strikeout upside is there. And pitching in a good park on a good team, I, I think he'll be. Um, you know,
0: I think the value could be there. So I had Jamison Ty on 17th. Um, this is a guy who I think could make a splash into the top 10 this year, honestly. Um, last year was really a transformative year for him. One year after battling a cancer diagnosis, he posted a 3 ERA over 32 starts um, and really became a different pitcher after adding a slider to the mix um, during the first half. Um, he was also one of those pitchers who started incorporating the high fastball more. Uh, he had a 2.71 ERA where his final 22 starts, nearly a strikeout per inning with excellent control. Um, there's fantasy ace ability here.
1: Yeah, he has the repertoire to generate a lot more strikeouts moving forward, I think. You know, good high 90s fastball that he can throw up in the zone, curveballs and sliders that can miss bats. Has always had really good command. Uh, PNC Park in Pittsburgh is a friendly environment for pitchers. It's all there for him at age 27. I had him 21st, um, okay. so just right outside my top 20. Uh, going back to I uh, had Jack Flaherty at 16th. Was he in your top 20?
0: He wasn't in my top 20, but I have him at 21, so close. Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, new new face here uh, inside the top 20. He was tremendous as a 22 year old rookie last season. A 3.34 ERA, 182 strikeouts in 151 innings. A solid mid-90s fastball really good slider his curveball needs improvement um, and the walk rate needs to come down so that he can work later into games did have a problem with that last year but you know given the age those are both things that I think we can reasonably expect will improve uh, Bush Stadium st. Louis plays very pitcher friendly should be a good source of wins on a pretty strong all-around Cardinals team I, I think we do see him work later into games this year at age 23 um, maybe gets to the 200 inning. Plateau and, and there'll be a lot of strikeouts there and a pretty good ERA and a lot of wins.
0: I had Zach Granke 18th, even though I wasn't particularly yeah. thrilled with it. Um he isn't throwing very hard these days, but it's it just doesn't really seem to matter. <laughs> uh still delivered a 3 one ERA in th- in 33 starts last year, 199 strikeouts, 43 walks. So still getting plenty of strikeouts, showing excellent control and command. The Diamondbacks are going to be bad this year, but at least there's that Humidor in Chase Field. I think Granky will be fine as a number two starter on a fantasy squad. And there's always a the chance the Diamondbacks trade him to a better fantasy situation. So, um, you know, maybe not as exciting as he used to be in the past, but I still think someone you can rely on.
1: Yeah, 1.9 walks per per nine innings uh, last year from Granky, which is crazy generates a lot of weak contact three good off speed pitches still gets you some strikeouts even though that's in decline um just a really solid starter to lock in i think amid, amid the waves of more high upside gambles mm-hmm. um, yeah i, I like Granky a lot i'll probably wind up with him in a lot of drafts just um for the certainty that he he, he provides you um so-
0: yeah, I just idea. want to add in here, my, my 19th uh, pick here was Mike Clevenger. Where did
1: you Me have too. him? Yep, I had ni- him 19th okay. as well.
0: The more I was looking into Clevenger when I was doing my research for this, the more I liked him. <laughs> yeah. um, and the more I'm probably going to draft him this year. Uh, that's all I got for him right now. But I mean, just <laughs> really nice growth across the board last year. And I think he could even get better.
1: Yeah, de- definitely gets overshadowed by his fellow rotation. I think that's agents. it, yeah. I mean, yeah, we've we've talked up Corey Kluber and Trevor Bauer and Carlos Carrasco, but he's not far behind those guys. Um, Hit the 200-inning mark last season, exactly 200 innings, uh, 3.02 ERA, 207 strikeouts. Um, Just pitching with a lot more confidence, I think. Walk rate came way down. We could see another step forward from him this year, for sure.
0: Let's just cherry-pick some guys uh, as we move along here so we can get into – uh, closures eventually. There's still a lot more to cover here with starting pitchers, but we're just going to cherry pick guys instead of talk about everybody on our list.
1: Go ahead. So I, I had Madison Bumgarner 20th. I actually, looking back on it now, I kind of wish I put Ty on 20th. Um, th- there are just obvious signs of decline with, with Bumgarner. Not only the fact that he's, he's been limited by injuries over the last two seasons, but also the dip in velocity on all of his pitches actually. Um, losing some effectiveness of his curveball all those innings earlier in his career, maybe finally catching up. He is just 29 years old somehow.
0: Yeah, that's um, crazy.
1: And if his health cooperates, you could see a good ERA, a decent strikeout rate. Pitcher-friendly park in San Francisco helps. Uh, possibly a, a trade candidate in his final year. Which I, think could, hurt,
0: I think could actually hurt him if he gets no, I,
1: I agree. I mean, yeah. there's talk of how he'd be a great fit for the Brewers, but he would Oof. not be a great fit at Miller Park.
0: No. No, I I wouldn't see that working out well. I had Bumgarner 26th. Um, His current ADP at NFBC uh, is 76.9. That's 23rd among starting pitchers. I'm not going to pay that um, this year. So um, I want to talk about Zach Wheeler. Um, This is a guy who didn't pitch for two years, uh, dealt with more injury issues in 2017, but finally put it all together last year and now looks like a budding fantasy ace. Seems hard to believe. He began last season in the minors, was sort of up and down after joining the Mets rotation, but uh, he did a mechanical change uh, with his release point and re- everything just really took off for him. Had a 2.62 ERA over his final 22 starts, uh, got over 10% whiffs on every pitch in his arsenal, uh, made major strides with his control, uh, walked just 7.4% of the batters he faced. That number was over 10% in all of his previous seasons. Uh, So just much more efficient pitching deeper into games. I think the only concern with Wheeler is the innings total last year. He was at 182 and a third, nearly 100 more than 2017. Given his history, you know, it's something to think about. But otherwise, he could easily crack that top 20 this year.
1: David Price, I guess, proved the doubters wrong last year, especially in the World Series, though. He probably makes more of these doubters than than needs to be made. But, you know, whatever works for him for motivation – Uh, The thing that got him back on track last year was obviously better health. Um, And if he's able to go 180 plus innings this season, I think he'll be a really nice value on draft day for 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 what a big name he has. Um, A strikeout per inning, even as he loses some velocity at age 33. Hopefully an ERA around 3.50 or so, maybe a a tad under if he's going really well. Um, Won 16 games last year despite missing some time. The Red Sox are loaded again. I think he's actually kind of a sneaky good draft day value for for how popular of a of a figure he is Uh,
0: another trendy name this year in drafts uh herman marquez um amazing second half last year which basically put him on on the map um on the national scale 261 era uh with 124 strikeouts and just 20 walks in 93 innings Mm -hmm. after the all-star break um finished with 230 strikeouts in 196 innings basically the best uh, seasoned by Rockies pitcher since Ubaldo Jimenez uh, in 2010 when, when he had a 2.88 ERA. That feels like another lifetime uh, <laughs> when that occurred. But uh, Marquez is one of those guys who switched things up with his pitch mix. Uh, fewer fastballs, increased reliance on his, on his slider and curveball. Um, and it definitely worked out for him. Uh, still, you you look at the 4.74 ERA, at course, compared to the 2.95 ERA on the road. Um, very hard to replicate that over a full season, but, um, the skills are definitely there. Um, I had him 24th, um, you know, so maybe he could be your second or third starter in a mixed league. And, uh, with those skills, I think it's worth taking a shot.
1: Miles Michaelis is right inside my top 25, uh, probably the best free agent signing of last off season came back from Japan and posted an 18 four record and 2.83 ERA and 32 starts for the Cardinals. Uh, they just, re-upped with him on a four-year, $68 million extension. He would have been eligible for free agency next winter, now locked in through 2023. The Cardinals clearly think he can be the same you know, sub-three ERA guy moving forward. I, I think we're going to see more strikeouts this season. Had 146 Ks in 202 third innings last year. Not not great for fantasy purposes, but I think I think we'll see more this year. He has a five-pitch arsenal, really good control of all those pitches, uh just 29 walks and 32 starts last year. One thing that jumps out when you watch Michaelis pitch is how athletic he is. I think if he wants to miss more bats, he can do it. Hmm. He's always working ahead of hitters uh, with with that great control. We've talked about Busch Stadium being a comfortable place to pitch. I'm, I'm very high on him this year.
0: So, what other guys on your list do you think could be like breakout guys this year?
1: Luis Castillo uh, would be one with the Reds. I think we were all pretty high on him last spring. Yeah. uh, Coming off a a really strong rookie year in 2017. He was definitely a disappointment out of the gate in 2018. Finished the first half with a 5.58 ERA, but figured something out down the stretch. Had a 2.44 ERA and 69 strikeouts over his final 66 innings. Uh, 26 years old now, could be ready for, for prime time. Great American ballpark in Cincinnati is a tough place for pitchers, but I think he has the goods to combat it. A high 90s fastball, high 80s changeup with a good slider. And the poor overall numbers last year, I think, will make him a pretty good value on draft day. Uh, he's going 138th overall right now in the average Yahoo draft. That's behind Jay Happ and Chris Archer, and I'd rather have Castillo than any than of those two.
0: So Nick Pavetta. Um, is yep. one I'm looking at. I'm not going to sneak up on anyone. He's a, he's a pretty popular sleeper so far. His ADP sits at 153.6. Um, so ahead of guys like you Darvish, Shane Bieber, uh, Nathan avaldi guys like that. Um, if you look at Pavetta's numbers, you can't help but feel that there's some untapped fantasy potential. Had a 4.77 ERA last year, but he did that with 10.3 strikeouts per nine innings and 2.8 walks per nine innings. I'm just using those numbers for context, but... Looking deeper at strikeout percentage, it was 14th among qualified starters, just above Aaron Nola, actually. Swinging strike rate was way up from 2017, and he ranked 27th in walk percentage, tied with Zach Wheeler, uh, just behind Jose Barrios, another pitcher I like a lot. Um, More first pitch strikes last year, more chases, uh, relied less on the fastball, another one of those pitchers. If he can continue to tweak this pitch mix and perfect it, uh, it's easy to see a breakout improved offense. Um, like we said earlier with the Phillies, uh, hopefully defense a little better too. Um, it looks like a lot of people recognize his potential with him, but he's definitely a name to watch, um, especially in casual leagues. You might be able to get him a little bit later.
1: Tyler now I, I would put in that category too. For sure. Uh, 136 strikeouts in 111 innings last year between the Pirates and Rays. The walk rate fell into much more palatable territory uh, following the trade to Tampa Bay. We love these post-type value types in fantasy. Was a big-time prospect at one point not that long ago. Um, has the high 90s fastball. Averaged 96.6 miles per hour with that pitch last year, plus a good slider curveball and, and a changeup he throws every now and then. If the control he showed down the stretch last year carries over into this year, he can be great. Um, I'd, I'd throw Colin McHugh in as like a, a, a sleeper. probably Probably my favorite draft day sleeper mm-hmm. this year, going – 222nd overall right now on Yahoo. Uh, appears to be locked into a spot in Astros rotation after posting a 1.99 ERA and 94 strikeouts over 72 innings of relief in 2018. Kind of kind of a sneaky guy that you can get late.
0: Eduardo Rodriguez is one that I like this year. Um, we've been kind of just waiting for him to make it through a full season healthy. Um, but if he does, I think there's really nice profit potential here. Made some encouraging strides with his strikeout and walk rates last year. Um, Has a great offense behind him, so the wins will be there as well. So if he gets close to, you know, let's say, 180 innings, something like that, man, I think he could really take off. I mean, I have him ranked 42nd right now, but uh, on talent alone, I think he certainly should be higher than that.
1: Uh, Charlie Morton, I think, is worth talking about. Uh, Somehow managed a career-high average fastball velocity last year at age 34. Um, posted a 3.13 ERA and 201 strikeouts in 167 innings with the Astros. Got a 30 million dollar contract from the Rays. I like him pitching at Tropicana Field. I think we see that high strikeout rate stay high uh, even in his age 35 season. Um, health has been a career long issue for him, but but again, you know all these these pitchers are susceptible to injuries, and he showed pretty good durability last year. Ah, uh, Robbie Ray. I, I grabbed a lot of shares of Robbie Ray during draft season last year, and it was a pretty big disappointment. Just such a roller coaster year. Was dominant at times, and then borderline unusable in fantasy at at other times for stretches. Um, finished with a, a 3.93 ERA, 165 strikeouts in 123 innings, 70 walks in those 123 innings. Um, control continues to be a problem for him. Uh, Missed two months last year with a strained oblique. At at least you're not going to have to pay up for him uh, this spring as much as he did last year. And I think the upside is still pretty intriguing with his swing and miss stuff. I mean, he's a definite 200 strikeout guy if he stays healthy. And then you'll just have to live with some blowups when when the command fails him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he might hurt in the whip category, but he's definitely going to pile up strikeouts. One thing with Morton that I think is interesting with the Rays, um, we've seen him sort of not break down, but I I guess you could say that in the second half, um, just not being able to pitch deep into seasons. And I think the Rays can be creative enough to, to get him through a season and keep him fresh, uh, with how creative they are in, in manipulating their roster with openers and whatnot. So uh, they can give him breaks here and there. So I think Morton, maybe you're not going to get a huge workload out of him, but when he does pitch, I think he's going to be really effective. Um, one question I have for you, and I think he's maybe the biggest wild card this
1: year. What
0: do you think of you, Darvish?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know how to put this into I just he's definitely on like my watch list this spring. Um, had a weird I, start know, the other day right, yeah, didn't allow any hits in his cactus league debut, I guess that was on Tuesday, uh, but did walk four of eight batters he faced. Uh, we don't like to put too much uh, into spring training stats, but with him, you kind of have to. Uh, you know, limited to eight starts last year, none after May 20th because of elbow and triceps issues. Um, he's going pretty late in drafts, at least, so so the gamble, you know, isn't too big of a gamble. Um, and you know, the the numbers before he he came to the Cubs were, were tremendous: three point four two ERA, 11.0 K per nine over his first five major league seasons. Um, I I probably won't get many shares of him just because, you know, around where you're drafting him, there are like high upside guys that I'll talk myself into more than him. But I could see him paying off and and settling in and being healthy and having a really good second year in Chicago.
0: Even with his struggles last year, he was still striking out guys. Um, So at his current price, I don't think his price has ever been more reasonable, obviously. Um, So I could definitely see taking a shot on him, even though, He's definitely gonna be a name to to watch this spring as as far as his outings, his effectiveness, his control and command. Um but the velocity looked good the other day. Um just really interesting. I had him 34 on my list. Did you ha where, where did you have him?
1: Uh I didn't really rank him. I didn't really rank past the top twenty-five.
0: I've already started ranking for our staff rankings. Yeah. Makes
1: sense.
0: <laughs> so this is all subject to change. I had him 34. Um so with the Kershaw situation. There's an opening here in the Dodgers rotation for Ross Stripling um, and maybe yep. maybe Julio Urias. So both of those guys, obviously worth paying attention to. Um, it's crazy that Stripling didn't project out have a rotation spot after what he did last year, but if everyone's healthy, there really wasn't room. Kershaw, Bueller, Ryu, Rich Hill, Kenta Maeda. Um, even if Kershaw doesn't miss a lot of time, there's enough variability in this rotation uh, with the injury history histories of Rio and Hill that Stripling's still going to see plenty of starts. Um, and again, we all know what he did last year. So I think he's a name to take a chance on late, especially as we learn more about what's what's happening with Kershaw. Arias, of course, came back from the capsule uh, shoulder surgery last year, not far removed from being one of the top pitching prospects in the game. I'm sure the Dodgers are going to be super careful with him, but uh, definitely don't forget about him.
1: Touching on some of the other Cubs starters, I'm going to avoid John Lester entirely. Yeah, um, I could see people buying into his 3.32 ERA and 18 wins last year as some sort of like late career renaissance, but you look at the left-on-base percentage, 80%, uh, the fact that his K-9 per nine fell from 9.0 to 7.4, he's just obviously declining. Uh, being drafted as a top 45 starter right now on Yahoo, and there are just so many other guys I'd rather take a chance on than you know, a downward trending 35 year old. And then Cole Hamels, uh, you know, seemed done for last year or or in 2017, actually, and and, and in in the first half of the 2018 season, but uh, turned it on following that late July trade from the Rangers to the Cubs, had a 2.36 ERA, 74 strikeouts, over 76 innings with Chicago. I don't don't think that sort of production is nearly sustainable for him at this point in his career. He's 35 years old, but I like him more than Lester as at least like an innings eater with a good potential for wins. And the strikeouts, I think he should should still get you around one strikeout per inning. He's going 151st overall right now on Yahoo, which isn't too bad.
0: I think if you look at the average draft position data, a lot of the busts are potentially obvious. Kershaw, Bumgarner, John Lester, um, one we haven't talked about yet, Kyle Freeland. Um, Yep. 285 era last year but again course field factor and freeland you know as opposed to marquez he doesn't miss a lot of bats i mean and that's problematic for me um i can see that era coming up for sure maybe even settling oh, yeah. in like the high threes or the low fours so
1: i agree with you yeah.
0: so i he's he, just not he had a 2.40 era at course
1: field last year it's just not gonna happen again yeah um Nathan Iavaldi, I, I think, is worth touching on. Mm-hmm. You know, fresh on the mind is how dominant he was in the playoffs last year uh for the Red Sox. One point six one ERA and twenty two and a third postseason innings. Resigned with Boston for four years, sixty-eight million dollars. Um, I think I, I kind of like him, you know, like maybe finally ready to to live up to those early career expectations. He's twenty nine years old, has been around a while, but you know, on the the right side of thirty. Um, went from being a fastball slider guy with the Dodgers and Marlins and Yankees to being a, a four pitch guy last year with the Rays and Red Sox. I, I, I'm a believer here. I think, um, you know, even despite his his great showing on on the big stage last October, he's going 172nd overall in the average Yahoo draft. Obviously, the big concern is durability. He's never thrown 200 innings in a season. Came close once, but that was back in 2014. Um, but there's nothing really preventing him from doing that this year, at least where we stand in the early spring with with him being healthy.
0: A couple other sort of mid to late round guys. I like Andrew Heaney with the Angels. Uh, had a really solid first full season back from Tommy John surgery. The strikeouts were well above anything we'd seen in the past from him. Uh, continued to show good control. Finished with a 4-1-5 ERA, but I could see, I really see that uh, dropping this year. Uh, Joe Musgrove, I think we both like him quite a bit. Uh, he was mostly his advertised in his first season with the Pirates. We knew about the excellent control. He showed that last year he had uh, 1.79 walks per nine innings through a ton of first pitch strikes. Um, so I think there's a lot to like with him um, he 's another one of those guys that you know with this slight tweak in pitch mix or distribution of pitches um, could really take things to the next level so he 's someone to watch or you can get late.
1: You say Kikuchi uh, got our first look at him. Did I say that right? You say I think so. Yeah, I think so. You say Kikuchi. I say draft him. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I liked what we saw from him in his in his Cactus League debut on Monday. Um, Was an ace in Japan. Uh, You look at the 2017 numbers, especially 1.97 ERA, 217 strikeouts, and 180 innings. I guess the Mariners are probably going to baby him a bit in the first year of, uh, I guess it could be a seven-year, $106 million deal, only $56 million guaranteed. Um, But um, they're talking about him making 30 starts, and and 30 starts is like a workhorse these days. Um, Some of them could be of the three or four-inning variety. I don't know. We'll we'll see how that plays out. I I think the stuff is there for him to be a a very successful major league starter, and Seattle is one of the more pitcher-friendly environments of baseball. He's going 176th overall right now on Yahoo. I think it's Worth a dart throw there. Um, I wanted to touch on Alex Reyes um, real quick. Made, made just one start last year after returning from Tommy John's surgery, uh, then landed back on the disabled list with a torn lap muscle. Obviously, you know injuries piling up for him, just 50 total Major League innings now at age 24. Uh, but in those 50 innings, we've, we've seen glimpses of what made him one of the top pitching prospects in baseball at one point, a 1.44 ERA, 54 strikeouts, Carlos Martinez is having shoulder problems again in Cardinals camp, so there's an open rotation spot. Uh, Reyes is probably going to have a workload limit of some kind if he does earn that spot, but he's going 195th overall right now. Uh, can definitely return value even if he, he gets just you know 120 to 130 innings or so. Um, the risk is he gets hurt again or, or someone beats him out in the rotation race and he, he winds up in pitching in relief. Uh, But that opens up the possibility that he takes over as the Cardinals closer. Um, So I think definitely an intriguing guide to take in the later rounds.
0: I think we were going to talk about Josh James in this episode, but unfortunately he's hurt right now. So he's not going to start the year in the Astros rotation. But uh, I think other young names to watch, uh, Jesus Lozardo with the A's, uh, not going to make the opening day roster most likely, but I think he might be the most valuable rookie fantasy starter this year potentially maybe comes up a few weeks into the season and he might be yeah i agree he might be the a's best starter from day one as soon as he comes (laughs) up too uh which is a sort of low bar i guess but um he's really exciting forrest whitley with the astros we might see him at some point this year made just eight starts in the minors last year had a drug violation and an oblique injury but definitely someone to watch Uh, the braves have a bunch of young arms uh tukey toussaint uh mike soroka who's Dealing with more shoulder issues right now. But if he can get over that, we know the potential's there. Uh, The Brewers have two interesting young arms. Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff. Woodruff mostly pitched out of the bullpen last year, but he's capable of some exciting things uh, if he gets the opportunity. Uh, Brent Honeywell with the Rays, coming back from Tommy John surgery, um, but was considered one of the top pitching prospects in baseball prior to the injury. Um, So definitely some guys to pay attention to are going to make an impact this year.
1: I'm a bit surprised Joey Lucchese isn't getting more love. Uh, Had some rough patches in the second half last year. Missed some time with a hip injury, but 145 strikeouts over his first 130 Major League innings as a rookie. uh, 4.08 ERA. Uh, 25-year-old left-hander with good stuff, making half his starts in Petco Park for a Padres team that added Manny Machado and should improve as the year goes along and their prospects begin to arrive. He's going 212th overall on Yahoo. I think that's a really good value. And then speaking of Padres prospects, uh, look out for Chris Paddock. Yeah, yeah, he, he looked dominant in his Cactus League debut earlier this week. Struck out four of the eight batters he faced over two scoreless innings. A one point eight two ERA and two hundred and thirty strikeouts in one hundred and seventy seven minor league innings. Hasn't pitched above Double A yet, um, but I mean the, the Padres coaches and, and you know and management have talked him up like he's going to be here this summer. Um, so. Look out for him.
0: Yeah, i He'll to definitely see it.
1: be like a waiver wire gold. He he just looks ready to go, like ready to be a major leaguer.
0: All right, let's move on to relievers. Yeah, cool? we have to at some point. Okay.
1: <laughs> we, we can talk about fifty more guys. But. <laughs>
0: um, okay, I'm going to read off my my top fifteen, and then we'll um, you know we'll spend some time on some of these guys, but I think eventually it becomes a crapshoot. But we'll still mention some some of our favorite sleepers after the top fifteen as well. I, I so. will
1: say that like with with a lot of the lower tier relievers, we're going to touch on them in our podcast in March as you That's know those, d- those depth charts clear up.
0: So. Yeah. So number one for me, Edwin Diaz. Number two, Kenley Jansen. Number three, Blake Trinan. Number four, Roberto Asuna. Number five, Aroldis Chapman. Number six, Felipe Vasquez. Seven, Craig Kimbrell. Somebody sign him, please. Uh, <laughs> eight, Brad Hand. Nine, Jose Leclerc. Ten, David Robertson. <laughs> Eleven, Corey Knebel. 12, Sean, Sean Doolittle, 13, Rasael Iglesias, 14, Kirby Yates, 15, well, I actually put a different person, 15. 15, I have Alex Colomay.
1: Wow. All right. we, I mean, we have some diff- different names towards the bottom. I didn't have time to move up David Robertson with, with the Harper News, uh, but th- that might affect him. Yeah, I mean, Edwin Diaz, I think, pretty clear number number one at closer. Uh, led all major leaguers in saves last year with 57, which was a, a new Mariners franchise record. Now pitching for the the Mets, dominant stuff, 196 ERA, 0.79 whip, 124 strikeouts in 73 innings last year. I think the Mets should be pretty good. Uh, definitely pitching behind a better rotation than he had in Seattle. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that translates to his you know, amount of save chances. You probably can't qualify that, but uh should should be a lot of you know chances for him there and it, I think it usually does feel more comfortable having a closer uh behind a good pitching staff a good rotation
0: yeah I mean the strikeouts will be ridiculous um the control was much improved last year but you know relievers can be fickle so you, you never know what you're going to get but he he did so well last year that I think he has to be number 1 um I had Jansen too even though he wasn't as dominant last year as we've seen in the past got off to a rough start uh, strikeouts were down, walks were up, allowed 13 homers. Uh, he allowed nine homers in the previous two seasons combined. Also dealt with that irregular heartbeat, which required surgery in November. Despite all that, he was still pretty good. Finished with uh, second in the NL with 38 saves. Um, the saves should continue to be there with the Dodgers team, who should be a contender again. Even if Jansen doesn't touch his elite stats of the past, he's still a safe fantasy closer. I, I mean, he has that He has that floor of a top five closer with maybe a little bit more.
1: Yeah, dropped 25 pounds this winter. uh, And you can see it in the pictures that I've seen from Dodgers camp. Um, Just, you know, set up for success as the closer on a a Dodgers team that has made back to back World Series. And for how, you know, weird his year was last year, he was, like you said, still pretty good. I had Blake Trinan, number
0: two.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, You know, ridiculous 0.78 ERA in 80 innings last year, also 100 strikeouts. Um, I, I think, you know, there's probably some regression coming, certainly in the ERA department. Yeah. He had a 230 batting average on balls in play last year. Had some luck with the fly ball to home run rate. Uh, but his sinker is among the best pitches in baseball. Um, velocity was at a career high last year. Should be really good for your ERA and whip, even if they do come up a bit. And maybe a 100 strikeout guy again or close to it. I think the A's as a team could kind of go either way this year, but should be plenty of, of save opportunities for him regardless.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's anything fluky here, even though nobody would recently expect him to repeat a 0.78 ERA. Um, so where did you have Chapman?
1: I had Chapman fourth. Same. Um, okay. Missed, I mean, missed, yeah, go ahead.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I think you can never bank on him throwing a ton of innings anymore, yep. especially the Yankees can kind of spread the wealth around maybe give Chapman some days off, but I think you have to feel good uh, with the way the strikeouts bounced back last year for Chapman. He was at 32.9% in 2017, all the way back up to 43.9% last year, in line with some of his best seasons. Only Edwin Diaz and Josh Hader uh, ranked higher in strikeout percentage, so you have to love that. In a great position for saves there with the Yankees too. I think he's just, the floor is safe, and that's why I like him there, even if He's not going to have a tremendous workload like maybe some of the other closers.
1: Yeah, a dip in velocity, but I mean, it was from a, a, averaging one hundred point one miles an hour in two thousand seventeen to ninety eight point nine. Eh, okay. Two thousand. Yeah. So you know, still one of the hardest throwers baseball's ever seen. Uh, like you said, still struck out ninety three batters in fifty one innings. Uh, with better health, you know, I, I think the hard hit rate drop should move. You know more toward his career norm, and he can absolutely thrive for the Yankees. Um, I had Jansen three, Chapman four, Roberto Ozuna at, at five. Same. Um, some some baggage here, obviously, with last year's arrest for uh, assaulting a woman. Got him booted out of Toronto, essentially. But I mean, you can't really deny the fantasy appeal uh, in Houston. Just turned 24 years old, uh, closing out games for an Astros team that you know, is, is among the World Series favorites. Increased the use of his breaking pitches and the move from the Blue Jays to the Astros, kind of a theme for all the Astros pitchers we've discussed on this podcast. Uh, probably not going to be a 100 strikeout guy, but I think he's could be in the mid-80s, maybe, uh, you know, low 90s in that department. And then the potential saves, I, I think he projects right up there with the elite options here at Closer.
0: Felipe Vasquez, I had at six. His ERA went up a full run last year, but I think that's just an example of a pitcher just has a you know few bad outings, a little rough patch here and there. Yes, uh, I had a minor scare with his forearm, but everything turned out to be fine. Um, the control was a little worse, but 89 strikeouts and in 70 innings, career best, uh, 37 saves. I think what's interesting about Vasquez, he has an ADP of 92.1. Uh, so if you miss out on some of the elite guys, um, you should still feel really good to get him uh, that late. To me, he's one of the better. Closers in the game, even though he's not recognized as such.
1: I had Craig Kimbrell sixth. I mm-hmm. think it's just hard to rank a closer when he's yet to sign with a team. Totally. So we can we can kind of get back to that when he does sign and on a future podcast. I had Brad Hand seventh, um, 106 strikeouts and in 72 innings last year between the Padres and Indians. Uh, was especially dominant following following the trade to Cleveland. Um, the Indians should run away with that division again. Hand has posted 100 plus strikeouts in each of the last three seasons, averaging a 2.62 ERA over that span. Could easily return top five closer value, I think, in fantasy, and you don't have to pay up quite as much as as you do with some of the other options we've discussed.
0: Where did you have Vasquez? I had him
1: eighth. Okay, so
0: So I think this is where it gets a lot more shaky right now. (laughs) I had Jose LeClerc ninth. He had a great growth year last year, but Control has been an issue for him in the past. The Rangers kind of look like a rebuilding team. So I think the risk with LeClerc is that he could be traded somewhere and end up being a setup man. So yep. you've been counting on LeClerc as your top guy and ends up getting traded. So there's definitely risk with LeClerc. Where did you have him?
1: I had him 13th. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I'm I'm with you that I think he's a, a strong trade candidate. He was awesome last year. Uh, you know, 1-5-6 ERA, a bunch of strikeouts, but... Yeah, the Rangers did field calls for him this winter. It wouldn't be su- surprising to me if he's like a June trade guy.
0: So I had David Robertson tenth, but um, I think that's that's projecting the Phillies to be a really good team. Um, you know, Robertson has the track record, 137 career saves. Uh, he's still plenty effective, three two three ERA in 69 appearances last season. But we know Gabe Kapler used a ton of pitchers for save chances last year. There's alternatives yeah. there. There's Sir Anthony Dominguez, Juan Nicasio, Hector Neris, guys like that. Um, heck, maybe even the Phillies signed Kimbrel now. So um, as of now, I think Robertson is the top guy, but this could really go any number of directions.
1: I had Kirby Yates 10th. I, I think he's a lot less of a threat to be traded this year now that the Padres you know, spent $300 million on Manny Machado. Um, he's under control through 2020 Um, I I had him 12th before the the Padres signed Machado. Uh, But, you know, 2.14 ERA, 90 strikeouts to just 17 walks in 63 innings last year. Had 12 saves and 13 chances after the Padres traded Brad Hand to the Indians. I had Sean Doolittle 9th. Has dealt with injuries each of the last four seasons. Uh, Missed large chunks of time last year. Did an inflammation on his toe. Also had a stress reaction in his left foot. But when healthy, he was great. 1.60 ERA, 60 strikeouts to just six walks in 45 innings, 25 saves. The closer on a Nationals team that should be very good, a great top three in their rotation. Um, Doolittle's injuries are kind of freak things, so hopefully he just has some better luck. I think there's great potential there if he can stay healthy.
0: His ADP is 10th among closers, which sounds about right. I think the risk is if Doolittle misses time for whatever. Um, you know, Trevor, Trevor Rosenthal's there yeah. Kyle Bearclaw yeah. And if either of those guys get on a nice roll Maybe they run away with the job That's a little bit of my concern there Yates, I still wouldn't rule out the possibility That the Padres are just smart about value And, and yeah. trade him Even if they are, you know A year away from being a contender or whatever um, Corey Knable, I had 11th I could be convinced to move Knable up uh, Finished last season strong Remember he was in Triple A for a little while um, but he finished the year strong, including the postseason. He was really good. I think that gives him the edge to begin the year at closer, but the Brewers have some really good alternatives. Um, but mm-hmm. what's interesting about Canable, his ADP right now is 147.3, which sounds incredibly low for what he's capable of providing. So you could even wait a little while for him, even though I have him 11th. Yeah. Uh,
1: 214 strikeouts over 131 innings in the last two seasons. Um, yeah, I mean, the problem with him is you have Josh Hader and Jeremy Jeffress looking over his shoulder. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Brewers have a, some other good young arms who could profile as as late inning relievers.
0: Sure.
1: Yep. Um, I had Rasiel Iglesias, uh, 11th. The Reds are, you know, talking again about using him earlier in games, perhaps for multiple innings at a time. But I feel like it's something they say, a lot of teams say every spring, and then uh, they sort of settle into more traditional strategy, more traditional roles. The there only is a new manager.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the only reason I believe it, partially, maybe, could happen. Derek Johnson, the new pitching coach, was yeah. the pitching coach with the Brewers last season. So I wonder if that's part of his new philosophy that he's bringing to the Reds. I'd say more more often than not, Iglesias will be the guy, but the risk of him maybe losing a handful of save chances uh, bumps him outside my top ten.
1: Yeah. Um Wade Davis, I had 12th, uh, led all National League relievers in saves last year with 43 and you know, the Rockies should be competitive again in 2019. I think the nice thing with him is you don't have to worry about uh Bud Black, you know, using different pitchers in the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. I'm more, more of a traditional guy. Probably going to hurt you in the ERA department, you know, course Field and all, but I think pretty good source of strikeouts and and definitely a big saves total if he stays healthy.
0: I had call, Alex Callme 15th. Um I'd definitely, Kelvin Herrera is a threat if he's healthy, but Colome has the track record in the in the closer role. Got back some strikeouts last year between the Rays and the White Sox after he had kind of a dip in that area in 2017. The risk with Colome is, of course, the White Sox are rebuilding, so very but, but likely they have
1: all of they have all of Machado's family.
0: <laughs> That's all they need. Um, so I think it's a pretty good likelihood that Colome is traded at some point and will end up being a setup man. So a lot of the same kind of stuff that we're running into.
1: Ken Giles, I had 14th, um, had a rough ERA last year between the Astros and Blue Jays, but a 53-7 to to strikeout-to-walk ratio. He represents kind of like uh, the top of the third tier for me. Um, Was was perfect last year in save opportunities, not so perfect in non-save opportunities. I don't know what that means. Uh, It just means that he's an inconsistent pitcher. Uh, but the, the arm talent is certainly there. 28 years old, high 90s fastball, good slider that he can throw for strikes. Um, Toronto will not be very good this year, but I think Giles should be locked into the ninth inning role, even if there are some missteps. And and you can't say that for everybody that is around him um, on the draft board.
0: So as we get further down the board here, there's a lot of uncertainty um, with these teams. You know, Red Sox, Diamondbacks, Rays, Marlins um but for me i mean the twins i guess are another one but i really like trevor may um i think he has a chance to be a fantastic value his average draft position is 269.7 right now um but he had a 320 era with 36 strikeouts and 5 walks in 25 and a third innings in his return from tommy john surgery last year just checks all the boxes that you want in a closer velocity missing bats assuming he gets the job and there's no guarantee but i think it could be a really nice value uh this year someone who could crack into that sort of top 15 maybe even top 10 area with a twins team that i think a lot of people are underrating
1: i really like pedro strope um, i'm with you yeah yeah i mean i'm i'm going to i think he's just super underrated in fantasy for his situation um, you know, set to open the season as the the closer for the Cubs, and I, I see no reason why he can't run away with that job. I mean, Brandon Morrow is still rehabbing from November elbow surgery, has a long history of arm complications, hasn't thrown a pitch in a major league game since last July 15th. Um, Strope, meanwhile, posted a, a 2.26 ERA over 60 appearances last season. The strikeout rate is not going to be elite. Um, but there should be a ton of opportunities for for him in Chicago, and he's going 221st overall in Yahoo. That's behind Chris Davensky and Pat Neshek. Um I mean, he's he's like the the 60th closer off the board.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't trust Morrow to come back and one be able to stay healthy. Uh, obviously, given his, his track record. And we don't know how effective he's going to be either. Um, Strope was good last year. I think he's a great pick late. Uh, Will Smith is someone I think people are underrating as well. Um, put up some really good numbers uh, last year. So I think maybe ideally he'd be in a different role, but I think he's the best option the Giants have right now. Uh, so assuming he keeps the closer role, I, I really like him a lot.
1: Hunter Strickland, I think, is worth, you know, the new closer for the Mariners most likely worth grabbing real late. You know, you can probably get him in the, in the final round of a draft. Um, the Cardinals situation, I don't really know what to make. Yeah, of it. I was going to ask uh, you
0: about that because
1: yeah. I'm I mean, super it, confused. <laughs> well, I yeah, I mean, I am too. I, I think Carlos Martinez is a, is a sleeper there. Um, if if he gets back to throwing in camp and you know they bring him into the season as reliever, he was really good as the closer down the stretch last year. Um, He's kind of almost like built for that role as sad as it is to say, cause I, you know, you want to maximize a guy's value as a starter, but um, Andrew Miller, Jordan Hicks, I haven't drafted them in, in any mock or, or draft that I've done so far. I just want to stay away from the situation until there's more clarity on it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cody Allen, you know, definitely disappointing final year in Cleveland 4 seven ERA and 70 appearances, but fresh start now with the angels, uh, who signed him to an eight point five million dollar one year deal in January. You worry about the ERA from last year, but he was great, you know, between 2013 and 2017 for the Indians. I'd expect the Angels under new manager Brad Ausmus to be pretty traditional about their bullpen roles. Yeah. So it should at least be a decent source of, of saves and maybe some strikeouts. Cool.
0: Um, any kind of sleeper guys for you?
1: I love Jose Alvarado as a pitcher. Okay. Um, but, you know, if we knew he'd be locked into the to the ninth inning role for the Rays, he'd be a lot higher on my list. But, you know, we just don't know what they're going to do with the opener and the mix-and-match approach to later innings that goes on in Tampa Bay. It's just hard to project what his fantasy output will be. I think Diego Castillo, another guy in the Rays bullpen, is, is worth stashing if you're in a deeper league. Um, Archie Bradley finally getting – Maybe I mean we don't even know, but but hopefully getting the, the closer reins in Arizona does have Greg Holland uh, looking over his shoulder. Holland was very good on the stretch last year with the Cardinals yeah. or with with the Nationals after bombing for the Cardinals. Yes,
0: um,
1: erodus Viscaino uh, battled shoulder issues in 2018, but was really good when healthy. I think you want to like pair up AJ Minter with him
0: mm-hmm.
1: at Braves bullpen. Um, Michael Givens. I don't know. I don't probably not going to draft any Orioles uh, pitchers.
0: Yeah, wins <laughs> wins might be hard to come by there, but he's a, he has the capability of being a good closer. Yeah,
1: I, I like him as a, as a pitcher. Shane Green is is he worth you know getting a few months out of maybe um, Ryan Brazier or. Um, I don't know. What's going on in the Red Sox bullpen? Matt Barnes. Matt
0: Barnes, probably the top guy right now, but I just, I I can't understand why they wouldn't sign anyone. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think that's going to be a big sore spot. I mean, you know, teams upgrade during the season, so you never know, but, uh, and maybe Kimbrel will still come back. We'll see. But
1: Drew uh, Drew Steckenrider and uh, Sergio Romo with the Marlins.
0: I mean, there's some potential there. You know, yep. second rider I've always I've always liked. He was a little bit of a disappointment last year, but um, you know, Romo brings that veteran experience and is pretty still pretty good. Um, I, I said his name earlier, but Trevor Rosenthal with the Nationals—that's yeah. someone I'm watching really closely, uh, just because of the injury history with Doolittle. I think Rosenthal could be a really nice pickup for the Nationals, and he, um, he hit
1: a, a hundred in his Grapefruit League debut, and then told. That reporters like I did not mean to do that. I was trying to he's into the spring. So he's he's got it back.
0: That's good. That's good. Um so that's all I got.
1: Yeah, these closure situations we'll just have to hit on more as we approach opening day. Um so so keep listening to the podcast if you're still listening after what an hour and twenty minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Another one of our long episodes. But This completes our position breakdown series. So we'll be back next week and we'll shift into spring training storylines, all the latest news, injuries, position battles, closer battles, um, break down some mock drafts, actual drafts, ton more. So stay tuned for all that as we get ready for the season ahead. If you like what you're hearing with this show, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So whether it's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. And also rate and review if you don't mind. We would really appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short. Drew's at Drew Silva. We'll see you next week. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
1: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking.